Welcome to Shalhoub Group's podcast series. Today, the focus of our uh, episode will be on customer engagement. My name is Carla Dabul, and I'm head of member experiences and private client relationships within the Muse loyalty program of the group. And with me today are two lovely lady colleagues of mine, Nida and Ilaria, who uh, who are very much involved in the customer engagement conversation and play a big part uh, a big part in it within the group. Um, Nida, may I ask you to, um, to tell us a little bit about what you do? Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I head up Muse, which is the group loyalty program for Shalhoub Group. And um, part of my remit is looking after customer engagement. How do we delight our customers across the group, you know, wherever they're shopping, online, offline, and creating that sort of stickiness, retention, and loyalty. So it's, a, it's about the data, it's about the engagement and, and the relationships that we nurture. Lovely, exciting stuff. And Ilaria, may I ask you? Hi, Carla. Yes, um, so um, I have the pleasure of leading um, the group CX customer experience. Um, and I joined Shalub uh, almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of having built from scratch the CX uh, program for Shalub, trying to lead the transformation and uh, uh, transforming our group into a customer centric entity. Wonderful. So ladies, I'd like to start off with the first question, burning question on my mind. So we've heard a lot about the consumer changing. Uh, We've heard statements uh, saying, you know, consumer has changed forever and there's a new normal. So what is your perspective on that? Has the consumer really changed for good and how do we react to that? Mm. Um, I think um, if I may, I think we're sick of the statement as well. I think we've been hearing the statement of uh, customer changed forever. Um, the new normal. Exactly. The new norm is, uh, you know, the buzzword of the moment of the mm-hmm. past uh, few yeah. months and weeks. Um, in full honesty, I think that nobody has a crystal ball. Um, I think that what we can see and what we can acknowledge is that definitely there are certain changes in consumer behavior, like new categories that you know we're we're using mm-hmm. um, now, like comfy clothes or a skincare routine. Um, but um, there are other changes that perhaps eventually will stay longer, uh-huh. like I don't know the online shopping using uh, cashless payments, digital payments. Uh, but if you ask me. I mean, are those changes staying there forever? I don't think we have the answer. I think that um, the the fact that people want to go out to to look at products, to touch, to feel, this will stay forever. And especially if you are buying luxury stuff. Yeah, sort of more like the human connection is more Precisely. than ever now uh, still uh, permanent in our lives. And um, I have, I, I'm curious to know uh, what have our brands uh, done well uh, with their e-com journey uh, with their members? What uh, what can we really um, you know, uh, single out from what's been done during the past uh, period uh, that we can really relate to or say, or say that the, those were the right strategies and we'd like to share them with others? Look, I think that um, with the with the COVID situation, definitely there was an acceleration with the, with e-com and on, and digital. Um, I believe that the brands who got it right were the ones not um, considering online and offline as two separate channels. Mm-hmm. Um, are the ones you know looking at this 
omni-channel and actually now the new buzzword is mono-channel so we live yes. in a mono-channel world right so whoever is looking at you know the, ex- the whole experience from the the start until the end mm-hmm. as one single experience giving the the customer all the steps whether you want to go to the store whether you want to go online this is where brands are winning a sort of unified um, channel precisely now if we have to say what are you know uh, some practical tips or uh, learnings that we got from brands that did it well, mm-hmm. I think we're four. Um, definitely the first one which, which comes to my mind is um, a great last mile experience. Okay. Because when you were when we were all staying at home and we're now buying more online, we want things to get delivered fast. We want the same day delivery, we want two four, two, four hour delivery, yeah. right? Yeah. So we, we kind of um, tend to buy from platforms who are um, giving us that, that option uh, to fulfill our impatient, impulsive uh, shopping behavior. Yes. Um, the second one, I would say, is um, the, the the digital payments. So having you know all those options available, uh, that buy now, uh, pay later, pay later yeah. uh, or the Apple Pay, etc., uh, etc. Et um, I think great user experience is also very important. Was mm-hmm. also very important, and this encompasses many things. It, it can encompasses the visuals that you have online. So not just having a picture of the lipstick or a picture of the bag but having, you know, someone wearing the bag, someone wearing um, uh, the lipstick. So you can relate to the picture. You can, you know, get inspired from the picture. Having storytelling um, on on our e-commerce, having the right checkouts and seamless, smooth checkout process. Um, The last thing I would say, uh, and uh, it goes back to what you were were saying one minute ago, is the human touch. Mm -hmm. I believe that the brands who got it right were the ones where e-commerce was amplified by the human touch, whether it is through our store associates who were, you know, uh, pushing, um, not pushing, not sales pushing, but um, they they kept this connection with with the customers and they were assisting customers when buying online. But also, I believe it was through all the marketing initiatives to build the sense of belonging, the community, yeah. and the storytelling. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think, yeah, I mean, all the brands, you know, when you said, what did we do right? I think plotting that customer journey very early on to know where can you uh, elevate that experience before and the during and the after. Yeah. Because each moment matters, right? If that returns process is cumbersome, you've lost a customer there. And, and you know, you can gain loyalty in negative touch points and convert that into a positive experience and that's going to get them to come back again and again so I think one of the good things that Ilaria and her team and you know the brands did as well was just really identifying where in those touch points can we elevate the experience so that we you know get the customers to come back and shop with us again and again so true yeah. so true another on that topic um we've seen that members you know there's so many options mm. out there there's so much um uh, you know uh, like journeys that are perfected by other other uh, uh, brands how does a brand really rise uh, above the noise out there and create a sort of uh, their own ecosystem of of uh, experience um, that'll uh, that'll increase that member loyalty that they so yeah. much crave to have. I think that's a great question, and especially in today's world, 
in today's cluttered world, mm-hmm. um, it is very hard. You know, I often get asked this question saying, why should I invest in loyalty when I can invest that in performance marketing and just, you know, double my sales, right? But mm-hmm. I don't think it's one or the other today. I think all of it has to be played in the right mix to make sure that you are playing a part in your customer's journey wherever they are because customers are researching things online, they're more informed, 100%. Uh, they know what they want. So where can you as a brand play across those different touch points to identify that. So I think, uh, you know, my my advice or my recommendation would be to really define uh, the what, you know, mm-hmm. the what is your offering? Mm-hmm. How are you going to, you know, wh- wh- you know, what is it that you're offering that is different from your competitors out there? Uh, what is your unique selling uh, point? You know, how can you actually deliver that message in a really concise way? You know, it, people have a- attention is scarce, time is yes. short. So... Can convey that message in six seconds, you know, make sure that your proposition comes out clearly. And only then can you sort of like really cut through that noise. Like there's so many different levers that are coming to play that it's not one or the other. You've got to really define the what, the who you're appealing to as well. You can't be one size fits all. Like so you need true. to understand who your segments are, how you're positioning to them. And then and then it's really the how, which is down to the communication. What is your offering? Uh, you know, what are you providing that will create that sort of stickiness? Why should they choose you over someone else? So these are important questions to be answered. And um, unfortunately, in today's cluttered world, there isn't a one answer or not. But um, being um, very open to auditing yourself and removing that bias and not, you know, like, and I think as brand marketers and stuff, we're very biased. Like we, we want to protect what so we've created. So, so yeah. stay away from that and like, keep it like, keep an objective view mm-hmm. and look at it and see, okay, what can I do better? Because there's always something better we can do. Yeah. So, yeah. Very, very yeah. true. Very, and very and sorry, to build on what Nida is saying, I think that's also the ability to adapt because this yeah. is something that is evolving so fast and it doesn't you know, have to stay like this uh, throughout the years, but it, we need to adapt. Brands need to adapt very quickly now. Yes, um, yes. And as long as you have a good brand purpose that you, know, you can communicate and customers can relate to, I think this is where success comes from. Yeah, true. I often say keep your eyes on the road, but keep your ears on. On the ground so kind <laughs> of keeping that, <laughs> that balance is so key uh, yeah. in today's world um, so Ilaria I'd like to ask you and I know that you've been involved in these conversations um, what about the store of the future how will that store of the future really look like <clears throat> Um, yeah, so we have uh, 30 minutes to answer the question. <laughs> Are we good on time? If we're good on time, then we no. want to hear all about it. So, jokes aside, I think that we're looking at the, the store still in a very traditional way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're, in some cases, we're looking at the stores still as a distribution and sales channel. But I believe that nowadays we should look at the stores as marketing hubs, as service hubs, as community hubs, right? So uh, the store nowadays is your marketing vehicle. Mm -hmm. So it's how you communicate what the brand wants, you know, to to, to communicate the purpose. Um, It's where you can have this immersive experience and you can uh, have all the services when you can... um, interact with the, with the products but you can interact with the people as well so when, where you can build this long lasting relationship with the with the store associates with the clientele um, and I believe that you know we're 
because we're still looking at uh, the store as a distribution channel, mm-hmm. um, we also are measuring uh, the performance and the success of the store in a very old-fashioned way, right. which is productivity yes. per, per square meter. Mm-hmm. But actually, I believe that um, the way we're, we're looking at the stores and the way we're measuring su- success of the stores should be changed to reflect that new reality. What kind of metrics are we looking at going forward? Look, I think we should definitely look at, you know, the satisfaction of our customers, whether they're coming back uh, or not to our stores, mm-hmm. um, the ability of our um, uh, people to clientele. Okay. Um, so I believe those are really, you know, the, 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 the new KPIs we should look at. And um, I believe that are not only KPIs um, for, let's say, to, to measure success of the stores, but there is a consequence on uh, the new role of the store staff as well. Okay. So within news within this new, let's say, ecosystem and sort of the future, which is hybrid, which is omnichannel, where you can, you know, buy online and pick up in store, you have digital services and so on. What is the role of the store associate? It's not the traditional way of doing, you know, Um, clientele. So what is the new way of doing clientele? And how in in this digital world they can deliver, you know, an excellent experience in the store. I hear a lot, uh, uh, a lot in the background in my head, empowerment to the frontliners will probably be one big shift that our new stores will be moving towards. Thank you so much. In many ways, it's actually going back to the base, I mean, like basics, right? Like it's really building that connection and I mean, if I go to store, I'm expecting a certain level of expertise as well. Like, you know, if I've been able to research and know about the product, the craftsmanship, what's gone in, I'm expecting that level of advice as well. So we've got to move away from the fact that it has to be that pushy or like, uh, you know, sale, sale, sale uh, mentality, but like advise somebody on it or like give them styling tips and try and elevate that experience and it's often the small things that matter you know like someone told you that looks great and you'll be like okay yeah maybe (laughs) I want that you know it's so So, true like they strike an empathetic uh, approach and you're you've they've got your attention so many times I've seen myself like divert completely when somebody's tried to say you know (laughs) hard sell um, yeah hard sell yeah yeah. yeah. I say no yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. thank you and you can see it yeah (laughs) it's like no not you um I'd actually like to, uh, uh, you know, to speak about one last point, which is uh, 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 something very close to my heart, the yeah. experience economy. <laughs> actually, I'm I should surprised. be asking you this question. <laughs> <laughs> actually, um, uh, actually, it was, uh, you know, uh, it's a term coined 22 years ago. Uh, yeah. and, and I thought it was pretty recent until I read up more on the subject matter. So the experience economy is where, you know, brands look to make memories events out of uh, um, uh, out of their activations and that approach kind of led a more emotional connection which ultimately led to loyalty yeah now is that still the era of the experience economy yeah. is my crystal question. ball yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'll answer that question and I think I'm just going to go back to one of your earlier questions as well about have our customers changed and has everything changed forever I think like Ilaria said it's hard to predict into this thing uh, uh, you know, whether our customers have changed, but surely there have been new habits that have formed um, thanks to COVID. But even before COVID, we were getting to a time where everything was rushed and, you know, time was less and like we were stressed as a generation. So, and that's probably been amplified more in the last 12 months. So but true, yeah. um, 
yes, the customers are savvy, they're intelligent, they're impatient, they want more, the expectations are high. So those things have changed. And if anything, that expectation has become a lot more in the last, uh, you know, 12 months, really. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean we're not going to go back to the basics. Like, you know, once travel's open, once, you know, we live in this COVID-free world, if we do ever, like people are wanting to go back to what they did. Like they'd want to travel, they'd want to go to a concert, they'd want to be around people. So, um, the, 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 and then moving on to the experiences economy question, I think um, th that word or experiences had become too overly commoditized. Like I yeah. still believe people are craving experiences, mm -hmm. but maybe that is going to like change into something more authentic where you can connect because yeah. we've, we've been left for like 12 months craving connection like you know this is amazing that we're sitting together and having this conversation so we've been craving for a human connection and we've been craving that really authentic meaningful experience right so I'm I, definitely enjoying this one <laughs> so I do believe that we will uh, proceed along the similar lines but time will be a huge factor into this how digital experiences will evolve which is around convenience you know the fact that you can sit at home and you can watch a fashion show you can watch a concert i think that module will evolve and get more sophisticated mm -hmm. and people will appreciate that a lot more um i believe we are entering like a transformation economy which is which is not just about the experiences and oh here's the coolest place I went to and I checked in to this latest restaurant but it's really what did you do for yourself yes. and how did you influence others around you so uh, you know you're seeing a lot of I you know I don't want to sound woke but like you're seeing a lot of like movements around this but genuinely I think people have this desire to get better yes. be a better human being and, and to cope and to better. invest in yourself like be that learning be that mindfulness you know be that whatever self-love like that you do and those things will continue because I think we disregarded it for too long mm -hmm. and that even back to the uh, environment whether that's you know sustainability or um, just being conscious as a consumer as mm -hmm. well like you know mm -hmm. like ho rather than hoard 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 it's more like how do I buy something that is um, state a statement piece that I can pass on and you know has some legacy and has a beautiful story around it so yes I think the experiences economy will evolve but it'll evolve into something which is a lot more purpose-driven a lot more authentic a lot more human connection and I believe that should uh, trickle down to how we operate as a business as well you know how we engage with our customers in person how we offer things online how we uh, create our content and so yeah i think it's a full lovely. package lovely well thank you very much nida on uh, that note transformational economy is a very uh, interesting perspective to consider going forward thank you very much for thank your contribution you. today and ilaria thank, thank you. you um i hope you enjoyed this epi this episode's uh, focus on customer engagement and going forward, we'll be bringing you more topics on this particular stream from clienteling to voice of the customer to building meaningful uh, relationships or connections with your customers. Have a lovely day.